You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I'm excited to be back for another episode of the show today. We are continuing our conversation with Bakari Evelyn, former Iowa basketball player, talking about this upcoming season. Lots of high expectations, lots of great things that could happen with this fantastic men's basketball team. We talked a little bit about the roster yesterday and Fran McCaffrey, and on today's show, we're talking more about the schedule Iowa has, the teams they're facing, and how Iowa matches up with all those teams. Wrapping up with a few fun questions for Bakari as well. That's all taking place on today's show. If you love the content we're putting out, please make sure to give us that five-star review and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. With that being said, let's hop into part two of our conversation with Bakari Evelyn right now. Um, So Iowa has one of the toughest schedules in the nation. They get Gonzaga. They get North Carolina. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with those two teams, so I'm pretty much going to focus on the Big Ten, though, because even in the Big Ten, this this conference is loaded, and especially given like the interesting state of coronavirus, a lot of players returned. Illinois, for example, returned both AO I brought Ao Desunmo. I'm always bad with his name. Um, be yeah. the former five-star guard, and then Kofi Cokeburn, um, another beast down low. What stood out to you about these two guys? I mean, of course, Kofi just like the physical, you know, what I'm saying specimen that he is. I mean, he's like seven foot two ninety. Like yeah. <laughs> the guy's a freak, you know. Um, and and Ayo, to me, I thought he was. I mean, he's a bigger guard, to be honest. He's a point guard. He's like 6'4", 6'5". Um, he's super long. And he's just electric in transition. He's one of the toughest guys that I saw all of last year as far as playing in transition, getting out on the break, um, turning steals and turnovers into points. Like, um, their team is – I mean, they're a tough team. Illinois is going to be a very good team this year. Um, their style of play is what makes them go. You know, they, they want to get up and down, but they want to turn you over. They want to have you playing fast, hectic, um, and create that sort of controlled chaos that plays to their advantage. So um, they'll be a good team, you know, for, in the Big Ten for sure. Yeah, and how does that match up with Iowa? Because Iowa does like to move. I mean, Framick, he does like to get the ball moving and and obviously, uh, you know, get the, get the guys moving on the offensive side of the ball. Um, how does that work with Iowa, though? Because, I mean, that is kind of Iowa's scheme as well, but not nearly to that fast a pace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, Iowa definitely wants to get up and down. Um, I think there's more so up and down in the idea of we're trying to score, score, score. And Illinois may be more of like we're trying to turn you over to score or have you, you know, not okay. your score. So um, I think the styles kind of mesh. Personally, you know, I think we had good success versus Illinois. I know we split with them one and one, even though they kind of cheated us at their spot. We want to talk about that too much, though. But, uh, <laughs> I think I think the styles play into Iowa's favorite at times. I could be biased, but just simply because, you know, with the shot makers on the floor, it spreads you out. And that kind of changes a lot of things. Um, I mean, Illinois has a lot of shot makers, too. Um, that's going to be a good matchup this year. I promise yeah. you that. Both times they see they, – do they play twice? Oh, they played once. That's the, the worst. Oh, yeah. Wow. The Big Ten really dropped the ball there. They gave Iowa the toughest schedule in the Big Ten and only gave them Illinois once. I was like, if out of, out of all games, give us Illinois twice. Yeah. yeah like, we come won on. Illinois twice. 
He went Illinois twice. But, I mean, that one game is going to be crazy now. I promise you that. That one game is going to be a lot of uh, just emotion involved in that, especially how it ended last year. And yeah. Both games last year. No, nah, that, that'll be a fun game to watch. I'm tuned in for that one. For sure, do you, do you feel like do you feel like there's a different uh, pep talk in the locker room before that game? I mean, um, how Fran Fran's a pretty uh, very vocal, energetic. I'm trying to think of the right word. To say vocal, energetic, and uh, enthusiastic guy. You know, he gets a little excited. Um, and obviously, the end of the game was not exactly uh, ending on good terms, right? So, what is Fran saying in the locker room before the Illinois game? And there is there some sort of like revenge factor in there? A little bit of vengeance that coming into that game? Um. I'm sure there'll be vengeance as far as, you know, the guys that were there last year. That was the last game of our season. Yeah. That was the last game of our season and how that ended. Um, So I know they're going to want to get back when they play them this year. But as far as Fran before the games, Fran is very like business. It's almost like, you know, we know what the Illinois game is. It's it's nothing more rah-rah speech needs to be said to hype you up. Like, we know what Illinois is. You know, we knew what Iowa State was. Like, you know – the games when you get yep. to them so i think most of the time in my experience he doesn't say too much it's just and them those locker room days are probably the quickest ones you're just ready to get out on the floor get to warm-ups and get the game started so i love it and wisconsin returning all of their starters um after winning the big 10 last year kind of surprisingly um i when i watched them on you know i watched their games i wasn't overly impressed with anything they did but in a very Wisconsin way, they just kept winning. Um, what makes Wisconsin tick, and how? Are, why are they a tough matchup? Because you don't like to play them. I'm gonna just tell you, <laughs> no one likes to play Wisconsin. No slight to Wisconsin, but just they slow the game down. They're gonna slow the game down. They're gonna grind it out. They're gonna make you guard for 30 seconds. No one wants to do that. So, I think just knowing that coming into the game, that's the first thing you gotta like defeat into defeating Wisconsin. You gotta defeat the mindset of like. We're going to guard for 30 seconds, probably every possession this whole game. If they get off as a rebound, we're going to guard for the, you know, the 20 on the reset or whatever. Like, you have this habit in your mind that we're going to be on defense a lot this game. Or we're going to feel like we're on defense a lot more than we have in any other game. So, uh, that's the first thing you got to have with playing Wisconsin. That's, like, the toughest thing is, like, just understand that they're going to kind of dictate the pace or try to the best they can. And they're a physical team as well and on the defensive end. They're a physical team. They're a solid team all the way around. And um, it, it definitely pose different challenges than, than other teams do. So I think that's what throws them off. Yeah, you say physical. And I would I would argue maybe dirty if you're talking about Brad Davison. I know you're probably going to not answer this question, but um, what do you what do you think about Brad Davison coming into this, you know, coming into the season? And do people is it as um, I'm trying to phrase this this question appropriately, but on the outskirts, Brad Davison appears to be a very dirty player. When you're looking at it from a basketball perspective, you're looking at film. Is that something you guys notice as well? Or is just he plays aggressive physical basketball and things happen? I, I'm just I'm really curious. Like, is it me just thinking he's a dirty player or is it something you also recognize as well? You don't have to answer no, we, if you don't want to. No, no, no. <laughs> we definitely, we definitely notice, you know, guys, um, um tendencies or traits during film. <laughs> Um, so whatever, whatever they may be, they definitely stick stick out and, and, and Fran does a good job of pointing that out, even to our own safety. You know, he wants to make sure that his players are protected and aware that any situation with certain individuals can lead to you being hurt. Um, so just make sure you're, you know, aware of that and able to protect yourself. Um, that's one thing about Fran. He's always for his players, his teams, and definitely wants the best for us. Um, 
as far as Brad Davidson, I don't I don't know the guy. I never, you know, never really spoke to him. <laughs> uh I don't really have too much of an opinion other than, you know, what what you see, like everyone else sees. So yep. um that'll be my answer on that. Man, I am uh you know, I was excited to have you on to talk Iowa basketball, but you are very you're impressing me with basically taking my crap questions and then again <laughs> answer them like perfectly and also without actually throwing any shade. That was that was impressive. I like that. All right. Um all right, I need to quickly pause the conversation with Bakari. I know you're enjoying the content. I know you're enjoying the the breakdown and the this perspective from a former Iowa basketball player. But I do have a very important message for you. Because if you're anything like me, you're constantly on the go. Especially with holiday season right now. You're probably moving. You're trying to get presents, trying to get ready or things ready for Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, you got to get a tree. You got to get lights up. You're constantly on the go. And then that doesn't even factor in work what if it snows what if you got to do some you know shoveling there's so many things we have going on sometimes all we need to do is just take a second and chill all right that's right we just need to take a second and chill and that's when you want to reach for an ice cold Coors Light because it is literally made to chill I'll give you one example I love hiking 14,000 foot mountains you hike about two three thousand feet up in Colorado I live in Denver so we can get really close to the mountains you drive most of the way up you hike the last two three thousand feet you typically bring like a sandwich some chips and something refreshing to drink at the top. You get on the top, you overlook the beautiful landscape, look at all the other mountains, and crack open an ice-cold Coors Light because you're trying to take a second and relax and chill at the top of the mountain after doing such a long and strenuous hike. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill, and it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And believe me, again, I would know. I've drank quite a few ice-cold Coors Lights on top of the Rockies when I'm doing my hiking. It is the best go-to refreshment. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And as always, folks, remember to celebrate responsibly. This message is brought to you by Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sometimes you need to chill, and sometimes you need a little bit of a pick-me-up, and that's when I grab myself a Built Bar. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, comes in 18 fantastic flavors, loaded with a bunch of health nutrients, I'm gonna get health benefits, I should say, that I'm going to get to here in a second. But again, this Built Bar is literally a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. It's my go-to snack after workout, but sometimes if I'm just going on a long drive, I'll bring a Built Bar with me. It's a nice pick-me-up throughout the day, and like I said, they have fantastic flavors. They taste delicious, but the best part is they're healthy for you. One of my favorite flavors is cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs is what I turn to when I need to pick-me-up throughout the day or again. Just after a nice little workout sesh, grab yourself some protein, grab yourself a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Believe me, I've tried all of them on the market for the most part, and this is the best one i found. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And before we get back into the conversation with Bakari, just a reminder that we do have another episode dropping tomorrow. We are going to be doing the metrics that matter, breaking down where and what is the weakest spots on the Nebraska offense and defense. Where are some of their strengths and how can Iowa explode them by analyzing the metrics? We're also going to be breaking down the press conference from Kirk Ferentz and, of course, giving you a preview of tomorrow night's men's basketball game. That being said, let's hop into the conversation with Bakari again.
Moving on to Michigan State, they lost Cassius Win- Cassius Winston, um, Xavier Tillman. Those are huge losses, but they also returned Josh Langford and Ari Henry. They're ranked again. You never count out a Michigan State team. What is it like going into that game against a Michigan State? What kind of you know what? How do they pose matchup issues with Iowa? And is does Josh stand out? Is Aaron Henry stand out? Are those guys issues when you look at film uh, of how they're going to match up against Iowa? Well, for me, being from Michigan, State always played a different, like, there's a different feel for me going home and playing against them. I always wanted to beat Michigan State and uh, have a good game against them. Uh, I think what's different about State is, I mean, they, they just know how to win. They just know how to win. Like, you know, like, no matter if you got them down eight, ten, if you're right there with them going back, they are a veteran team and they're a well-seasoned with knowing how to win games. And, and I think Izzo's great at Knowing each game's different, he'll understand if his, you know, one of his go-to guys is not having it that night. You know, one of his role players are playing better, and he'll make that adjustment. I mean, Michigan State's a very good adjustment team, so whatever mind or game plan you have going in, you're gonna probably have to change it two, three times within the game just to beat them. Um, and then they're very physical. I think you know, Michigan, the refs kind of give Michigan State a little leeway with the with yeah. the whistle, so they're they're able to get away with a little more push and a little more holding here and there, so that. That also plays a part. And then if you're going to Michigan State, you got to be ready to handle the wrestling. You know, the wrestling gets crazy, it gets loud. And, and if you're not used to that or if you get rattled by that, I mean, that environment is just not for you. So um, I think just Izzo being, a, you know, one of the Hall of Fame coaches that he is and, you know, Michigan State being a very, you know, a successful program, all those guys on this team are used to winning. They're not used to losing any sort of game, whether it's, you know, tournament game regular season so you got to have the expectation too of winning because they expect to win there so yeah um it's interesting you talk about the whistles i always it always feels like michigan state doesn't get a get as many calls as they probably should (laughs) yeah sore subject over there yeah he doesn't know what he's doing over there he got the whistles he got the whistles He's got, he's got the refs on his side. All right, in the Ohio State, they lose the Wesson brothers. Um, how big of a loss is that from Ohio, for Ohio State to not have Andre and Caleb on the floor anymore? Um, that's that's big. I mean, uh, Caleb Wesson was definitely big for their team last year. So Andre, both of the brothers were, um, were very good for their team last year. Um, they got a couple other losses, but Ohio State's one of those programs that kind of just reloads with talent. Yeah. Reloads. Um, so... I don't know all the players they got coming in for this year, but it's I'm kind sure. Of tough. Yeah, it's more unpredictable yeah. this year. Like it, they basically turned over their entire starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they, <laughs> I know they lost a couple guys, so I'm, I'm sure they'll be trying to figure out and find their identity um, throughout the course of this year. But again, certain teams, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State, they just figure out how to get it done. So um, I'm sure they'll figure it out for their team. I think we could probably group Michigan in that category as well of always consistently, you know, they might be turning over their lineup, but always going to be a pretty solid team. But the last team I want to touch on is Rutgers. Um, and Rutgers is a very interesting team. When I watched the games where Iowa plays Rutgers, it seems like the issue and Iowa seems to struggle a little bit with Rutgers. There's a lot of length on that team. They're a very good defensive team. It seems like it causes some issues. They get in a lot of passing lanes. Um, what are your thoughts on Rutgers? Am I on track with like some of the issues that I've typically seen when watching Rutgers play Iowa? I mean, they seem like just a very lengthy team. They're just, they get yeah. a they do a good they're, job. Um, they're they're definitely an aggressive defensive team. Um, I kind of talked about Illinois having a controlled chaos um, defensively, or how they want to play in snip, tempo and style of play. I think Rutgers is just full on chaos. Like they <laughs> they're trying to get you 
they're denying passing lanes, back doors, they're pressuring up on you, they're, they're jamming, you know, cutters. Like, their whole thing is to play physical, aggressive, and kind of, like, punk you out of your offense, punk you out of what you're trying to do. Um, so I think you got you have to have a tough mindset going into the Rutgers game. you got to be the tougher team. And, and tougher means handling their pressure and still being able to do what you're – well, you know, what's being asked of you to do. A lot of teams get into going back and forth with the Rutgers team. So they'll, you know, they're being physical. So we're going to be a little more physical. They're jumping stuff. So we're going to jump some stuff. And now you're getting out of your game plan and really playing into their hands, which is what they want. Yep. So I think Rutgers is tough because you got to take all of their, you know, stuff that they're bringing and also just hold that, hold that off one hand and be able to run your offense, you know, execute your game plan on the other hand. So that's, that's the Rutgers, you know, kind of in a summary. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it, it explains exactly what we've seen in the past, you know, couple of years watching Rutgers um, over the last, I would say, three seasons. Um, it's something that's kind of become a trend. And now they, a lot of those younger guys are now juniors and seniors. Ron Hopper Jr., um, you know, he's a, a guy to watch out for. Uh, Geo Baker, I mean, these are big, these are guys who have been with this program for quite some time. They are growing into their own and they should be a pretty solid team coming into this year. One thing I want to touch on, um, and this might be a sensitive topic from a, a Fran McCaffrey standpoint, but every year it seems like there's what we call the Fran fade. And starting about mid, mid-February through the uh, middle of March, the, the Iowa team seemed to struggle a little bit. I, just, I'm just calling it as how it is, right? That's what I've seen. Uh, when you look yeah. at the record, it definitely um, portrays that image as well. And Iowa has a very tough end-of-season schedule this year. They get Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin. All three of those teams are ranked right now. We just talked about each of those teams and how good they are. Um, is that something that Fran talks about at all? Or, and, and then the, the follow-up to that is, do you guys recognize that as well? Um, I can speak for me personally, because at least it was my first year and only year with Iowa the past uh, last year. So I didn't hear much of it. It's not something that we talk about in the locker room where Fran brings up. Um, I think the media puts more on it than what it is. And he kind of <laughs> media do the media thing and he sticks to, you know, his team in the season. Um, for us, I mean, I've heard some, you know, a player here and there, a manager <laughs> about it, and I just kind of, like, laughed. I don't really know. You can't really put all the seasons uh, as, like – you can't connect all the seasons in that way because each season is different. Each, yeah. each team different. There's, there's a reason why there's problems for, you know, that are usually different. Um, last year, all I could say is even though we lost our last game to Illinois, and I think we lost before that too. We lost our last two games to Illinois and Purdue – we felt the most confident going into the, the Big Ten tournament, though. Like, after that Illinois loss, we felt great. It almost felt in a weird way like we won because the the, the kind of the sore traits that we had, we had weeded out. We had fought well. Um, again, we felt like, you know, whistle here or there, no call here, that we would have won that game. Um, so our confidence going into, you know, the Fran fall off was high. But because of COVID, we didn't get to really play and, you know, see how that would have played out. So I said that to say that I don't think you should put too much into it. I think the guys are bought in and this team should definitely be bought in for, you know, season we had last year, it being cut short and the expectation this year. Um, and even with this kind of notion lingering around the Franz team, I sh- I'm, I'm hoping that they just go out and put it into the, you know, the Fran fall off theory and, you know, just have a great, throughout the season, end of season, going into March. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is the content. I was, this is exactly what I was hoping to get. I mean, like you were a part of that locker room. You were part of it on the outside. Again, we look at it. And we're like, history says this yeah. team struggles. But when I, you know, I would never have known that you felt the most confident going into the tournament. I was going into the tournament thinking, oh God, like what, what's going to happen in this tournament? This could be bad. And you're going and thinking we're ready to win this thing. Right. I mean, that's, that's no, what we, it felt, like. we felt very good going into the big team. Like we felt very, very good. Like, we we saw the match that we saw what we played, so we didn't think there was any team. We we didn't expect to to not be there all four days. We didn't expect to not be there playing on I think it was Sunday Monday. Like we expected to win the Big Ten tournament and really really like win it. Not, not a hope, not a we think we can get there, and not a we, yeah. we're good one or two games. Like no, we we really were going to win. You know, planning on winning all four games, and so um, I thought we felt very good, and that kind of got cut short. So. Um, we'll see how it turns out for this team. Again, every team's different. So um, I will hope, though, that they go ahead and just, you know, do what we couldn't do. We didn't get a chance to do. So, yeah, it would be fun to just squash the uh, the Fran fade theory. But I mean, I, I just you got to yeah, call just, it. Just, it yeah, just, let's let's go through and just win all through February, March. I'd be very happy with that. Um so that pretty much wraps up what I wanted to touch about, touch on. But from a scheduling perspective and from an overall season perspective, what are your expectations? I mean, is it national title or bust? Um, I mean, I think that's the label everyone wants to put on immediately, national title or bust. Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that's necessarily the, the minds of the team should think of it in. Again, do they want to win a national championship? Yes. Do they have the team for it? Yes. Um, but there's a lot that goes into that. You know, health is one of them things, just players being healthy, chemistry, players playing well together, and actually everyone being in rhythm. Um, that's what's thrown off about chemistry. That's what I want to see the most about this team is it's not so much the stats of whether Luke is averaging this or Luigi's playing this. It's how is the flow and the rhythm of the game benefiting all five players on the floor? If I could tell, or you know, people can tell from watching that, like, you know, Weezy's getting 17 or, you know, Luke is getting his 20 and, 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 and J-Bo's getting whatever. Like, everyone's getting their so-called numbers, but it's in the flow and rhythm of the game then I have the idea like, okay, this team can, can really win it all because you're going to need all five guys to win a national championship. You're going to need all five guys feeling confident also to win a national championship and keeping the flow and rhythm of the game, you know, to where everyone's touching the ball, everyone's involved, everyone feels like they're having an impact on the game is going to be the biggest thing when you also have guys who for spurts can carry you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Luca can carry you for four, five, six, maybe seven minutes in a game. You know, J-Bo's shown he can carry a team for an amount of time. Weezy can carry a team. CJ even has in spurts last year, so he can carry the team for parts of time. So um, I think being mindful of that and not wanting to do that anytime things get tough. You know, we get down six, let's just go to Luka for the next seven possessions. That may be help us get back in the game, but it might throw off the rhythm of the other players on the team. So 
I think just trying to make sure everybody's in rhythm, everybody's in, you know, feeling good about their game and about the team where they are, those would be the main factors they should focus on. Because if they do that, national championship almost seems destined. Yeah. I think that's an amazing answer. Um, I just have a couple last last questions. Shouldn't be too crazy. Um, who was the breakout player? If you had to pick one guy, who's going to break out this year for the Iowa basketball team? Breakout, breakout, breakout. If I had to guess for the break, I'm going to go Jack Nungy. I love it. I love I'm going to go Nungy for a breakout player. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, what is the toughest arena you've ever played in? When you're on with your Iowa, toughest arena is either Michigan State or Maryland. Michigan State and Maryland was both ridiculous. Um, I mean, I, I guess you could put Purdue in there, but we don't even really like talk about that. So, <laughs> one, one of them, one of them three, one of them three. Uh, and your least favorite team, the team you Purdue. hate the most, love to beat Purdue. Purdue for sure. No one hates Purdue. Hates Purdue. Uh huh. Hate Purdue. <laughs> hate Purdue. Mm. They better beat them boys this year. That's all, I know. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know. All right. I was I wasn't expecting Purdue. I, I asked that question to anyone that comes on, and I've never heard anyone actually hate Purdue. Usually because they're not in, in Iowa's realm, but I, I understand after after last year um, why why Purdue would be would be on that list. Um, last question. This one might be the tougher one, so I apologize. But if you had to pick a starting five. Who's going out there? Who's starting that? For, if you go to – obviously, we're going to see Iowa play on Wednesday this week, which is going to be awesome. Can't wait for basketball. Um, and I think Fran's going to tinker with some lineups probably, especially with some of these you know early games before it gets to a Gonzaga or UNC. But when we roll in to play Gonzaga or UNC, who is that starting five? Who are you putting out there to tip off that game? See, this is the thing. I think who I'm going to put out there and with the starting five maybe is two different things. So I'm going to go with – I'm Let's do both. With, who do you think is going to be out there, and who do you think you would put out there? Oh, these is these is hot seat questions. No cap, these is hot seat. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I was buttering you up five, with some of the easy ones, man. Yeah, yeah. For the starting five, I think we'll stick with some. It'll be the familiar faces. It'll be the people that people are accustomed to seeing. So it'll be. I think you'll think. I think J. Bo will start. Uh, C. J. will start. Joe will start. I think Connor start. I think Lucas start. I think that'll be. The, I think that'll be the five you see Wednesday. Okay. Uh, who my? I gotta wait to see. Get a couple of games in to see who my five would be because it's also about who playing well. It can't be favoritism. It's gotta be who playing well. So, um, mine. It's up in the air. It's up All right. in the air. That's fair. I think it is going to be, it's very interesting how they're going to utilize this lineup though, because you made a really good point when you say it's going to be J Bo, CJ, Joe, Connor, and Luca. That's a relatively small ball lineup, but you also talk about the fact that these guys are very versatile. I mean, Joe is probably, I mean, he's a shooting guard, but he has played a lot more three and can even play the four. Connor's a point guard, can play the four if he needs to. J Bo is probably the one who's play one or the two but that's about where he can go um and right. cj can probably play the two that one two and three and then you have jack nungy where does he fit into that mix so it is going to be very interesting to see what lineup combo that fran rolls out there i mean you did even just talking about that you could clearly see how difficult it is to pick from all these great players yeah yeah you got i mean you have i think what is it six or seven you have seven people who have started for iowa you yeah. know you include joe toussaint you include jack nungy you include the five we just named all of them have starters. You have seven starters on one team. Like they have actually started for you as the coach. So I think that will be, 
I don't know how big of a dynamic or a role that would be as far as, you know, the chemistry and make up of the team. But it, it is something to think about, though. Like, you've, you've had seven guys that have started for you. So um, just figuring out, do you have a definite five? Do you rotate it, you know, another team's bigger or smaller or pressing or zoning? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go familiar faces for the first few games. I'm going to go with the five. I think that's going to be the five. Not sure. Not sure, but I, I would I would bet my money towards that direction. All right, we'll check back in with you after the first couple of games, see what you're, you're thinking after that, give you some time to think about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Bakari, I really appreciate you coming on, obviously talking basketball. Again, there's no one better to talk Iowa basketball than someone who's actually played Iowa basketball. You were fantastic to watch last year. I'm excited to see kind of where your career goes. Any last words for Hawkeye Nation? Um, just thank you guys for all the support and love you've given to me. Um, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Oh. All right, and that concludes our conversation today with Bakari. That concludes our two-part preseason preview of the men's basketball team. I hope you all enjoyed that. If you did, please make sure to subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at. As always, give us that five-star review. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I hope you all have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow, and let's go Hawks. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.